Ready? This <laughs> volume. Wow. Oh, I can't do it. Really Door right. shut, This is a gorilla podcast. A collection of interviews, conversations, and hangouts with some of our favorite humans. It's an opportunity for us to pull back the curtain and talk about how we all got here or are getting here. I guess you could say. No edits. That's not Just true. Just uncut conversations about things we've learned, mistakes we've made, and all the stuff that keeps us going. It's another way, we hope, to be a little more human. A little more human. To be more human. <laughs> <laughs> There's something in there. You rolling? We are rolling. How do you do? All right, so we just explained Crispy Boys. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of A Little More Human. This is our third podcast. We've got our really great friend, Jason Baker. John Dacre here. John Dacre. Um, <laughs> Jason, look at the seven people on the internet that will get a That's a Moray reference. <laughs> Gosh. Your references are like 20 years old. I know, but it's one of my favorite videos. Just look up John Dacre. It's awesome. I can vouch. It's pretty incredible. That's <laughs> nice. pretty incredible. So, uh, Jason Baker, you are a director primarily. You've done pretty much, you've done a lot of things. Sex icon. Uh, well, I didn't realize that he was a sex icon. Spare time. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, but you, you I'm, I'm going to ask you a whole bunch of questions today. So the whole point about this podcast is kind of get to know you a little bit better, but also like figure out how you arrived here, but then uh, ask you contextual questions about the media landscape currently and how you relate with that. So Brad. Um, if you compare this podcast to like, you know, football broadcast, He's the guy that you love, and I'm Jason Witten. Oh, <laughs> so sorry. Tony Romo. <laughs> Tony Romo. Yeah. I'm just going to work on completing Is sentences. Rick Booger McFarlane then? <laughs> 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 the worst part about this is I don't understand any of these references. Probably more people listening to this got the John Baker reference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyways, let's let's just kind of dive right into it. So my very first question is how'd you get here? And what what I mean by that is how did you become a director? Because like you you know, everybody starts off in really different places, but I'm really curious how you arrived at Gorilla and your and your director status. Um Boy, that is... It's a big question. Yeah, it's a big question. You can give the like long history, or you can give us the, like, the short abbreviated one. Maybe um, like, yeah, jump did you go to school? Yeah, did don't you... like, tell us stuff that's not interesting. Right. Like, I don't care about you in middle school. <laughs> oh, come on. That's the most oh, interesting version of myself. <laughs> Unless you had like a life crisis that formed you. <laughs> you know, maybe. Um, I went to film school, as a lot of people did. Um, and I guess I never really had a final goal of being a director or, mm -hmm. or really any big goal at all. It was just kind of... For all you clients out there. <laughs> it was... Yeah, it, it was it, Feeling I just, confident? I just... Uh, I loved creating things and I loved making things and I loved film. And so I <clears throat> never really wanted to specifically become a director. I just wanted to be more involved in the process and do more and do mm -hmm. more and do mm -hmm. more. And so through college, um, I ended up directing more than not just because there are a lot of unmotivated people in film school. And so <laughs> that's the value proposition. If you're like, should I invest in a film school? <laughs> yes. There's a lot of rich people with unmotivated kids yeah. and they'll go there. Yeah. And the film degree is something that sounds fun, yeah. you know? So you have a lot of, especially at a, I went to a public university. I didn't go to like a right. private institution or something. And so there's a lot of people that, are there because, you know, film would be fun and like, that sounds awesome. I can make movies and get paid and blah, blah, blah. And then they don't really care that much. So if you care about your own projects, you inevitably end up directing them, producing them, doing the VFX for them, doing everything for them because you don't trust anybody else that doesn't really care. Right. So, yeah. That's a so, theme that keeps happening. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. Was, I think through like those early stages, that's true. Like, you know, mm -hmm. it's hard to find your people, you know, yeah. like it's really hard. It's always hard. Right. Even mm -hmm. when you try to level up to new projects, mm -hmm. anytime you're trying to grow, it's th that process over again, I think. Yeah. Right. It's just yeah. like, oh, who can I trust? Yeah. Trust is huge. Um, I don't even think I would have labeled it as trust in college, but I think that's what it was. Um, then I graduated. Well, during college, I already realized how little I was <laughs> really learning in college and how much more there was to learn beyond college. So oh, yeah. by, by about my sophomore year, I think the summer before after I started interning um, on the east side of the state 
Michigan and Detroit. It was right around the time when DSLRs were com- coming out of the scene mm. and kind of changing the fact that anybody could make something cinematic with a shallow depth of field, and that was crazy. And so, <laughs> namely, weddings was the... Uh, all it makes me think of is just, like, all the creep. We were just talking about this the other day, just, like, all the creepy dudes that were, like, hey, I'm a photographer, uh, want to come over and get some headshots. <laughs> yeah. This is like all of a sudden every creepy guy could come out of a I'm shadow. I'm so uncomfortable with how you just did that. <laughs> There's an entire website devoted to it. It's called Model Mayhem. <laughs> it's just like the hub for creepy guys oh, that will okay, ask yep. you to s- take some pictures. <laughs> so, yep. So I, DSLR. I, so I, anyway. I, I hired that Model Mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is... Or started interning and working over on the east side of the state. We did a lot of weddings, okay. too many weddings. Um, you got to start somewhere. But, yeah, I would never go back to that. But at the same time, that whole process taught me so much about speed and process and working with the team quickly, communicating, all yeah. this. You learn, it's, you it's learn so much. Hours. Yeah, you learn so much in such a tight constraint with those sorts of things. Um, Then kind of started doing more commercial work on the east side of the state, freelancing more all over the place. And after I graduated college, realized that I wanted to be on the west side of the state, Um, just preferred it Mm -hmm. as a place Mm -hmm. to live. And then that's probably changed a little bit, right? Like, um, or no, yes and no. East side's pretty rad. The east side is really cool in the sense that everyone that I lived with out there and everyone I hung out with was awesome. Okay. I loved the people I yeah. became friends with. I did not love the people I was working for. Oh, gosh. So <laughs> Let's, this, is th- a, this is a collaborative, <laughs> supportive podcast. I don't want to go down that road, ladies. I, yeah, let's I not. Mean, let's not. <laughs> that's just the reality of why it's I came a, back. That's a good lesson, though, right? Like, yeah. that is the nature of the business is like, well, you know, it's not, fits with everybody. Exactly. That's, that's okay. what I was going to say. Like, you got to find your people. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. that's that's anywhere. You know, I didn't realize that, you know, until we opened our office in L.A. and started doing a lot of work there, that it was more tribal's the wrong word, but, like, there are groups. There are subcultures. So I sort of had this idea of, like, what L.A. production was, and not in terms of the scope of it, but in terms of the attitude. Mm-hmm. And then you start working, you're like, oh, no, like, there are— incredible, like, not incredible, there's groups of people all over the place with similar mindsets, like why they do the work that they do and how they do it and how they think about, like, sort of the humanity of the process. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, that can be found in any environment. It just sounds like maybe you didn't find it there. Yeah, yeah, I think just something about it wasn't quite for me. And I, I was young, too, so I don't think that I was necessarily ready for some of it either. Okay. Um, it, it, it was definitely both both sides of the coin, but whatever, whatever it was, I came back to the side of the state and immediately tried to connect with gorilla and, um, came into gorilla again, not with the idea of I'm going to become a director for gorilla. It just was, I want to work with gorilla and whatever that means. I don't know, but it, mm-hmm. it means that's awesome. Making movies. Um, yeah. So you, did you start as an intern here then? Like, was that your first role here? I did. I did. I took on my second unpaid internship as, uh, <laughs> As uh, <laughs> with Gorilla here, and I'll always just go back to I paid for my first one, so that's how oh, I absolve my guilt. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so like, so let's warp speed a little bit forward ahead. So like, you didn't realize that, or you didn't, um, you did your second internship, mm-hmm. but like, wh- what was the moment that you're like, wait a minute, directing's actually where I really want to go? Um, yeah, I think it it came down to a similar similar sense of college where it wasn't necessarily the trust thing anymore of I didn't I didn't trust these people but I found that the had the more control I had and the more I was in a leadership role the more I enjoyed my time on set mm-hmm. and in the process and I just okay. enjoyed the process more the more I could lead the charge. It didn't mean I have to be doing everything. It didn't mean that I had, I didn't trust anybody. So I had to have my hands and everything. It just. Because you're not an egotistical director at all. No, I don't think I would. I hope not. I mean, there's a difference between like (laughs) leading and just sort of like, you know, manipulating or commanding, right? Like you just, for you, it was a lot, it was about that creative. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, it was about 
bringing everyone together in a singular vision and and creating a team that can all be pointing towards the same thing. Yeah. Um, and that's such a huge part of directing for me is, is it's not just about the ideas you can bring to the table or how great you are with actors and all this other stuff. It's how you can collaborate with other people and all point them towards the singular thing because, yeah, yeah. because you're dealing with so many different artists that even if you give them a brief that you wrote and you think is super great, they're going to read it and then think of something a little bit different, a degree or two off of what you're thinking. And sometimes you want, want that a little bit, but a lot of times you need to really just comb in to, so you're all pointing at the same thing. How do you do that? How do you, because everybody has their own ways of creating that alignment, right? Sure. Like what do you do? Um, it's a good question. What do I do? And it um, doesn't have to be singular. Just sort of like, what is yeah. that? Because you do, you do that. I almost said do do again. I was sensitive to it. I was like, oh, no, I can't say it again. Uh, I'm getting better at this. Um, no, you, you do that. I see you do that on set, right? But mm. I, you know, everybody has a different way of going about it. You're, you're coalescing all of that into one singular vision. That's not easy because there are different interpretations. Even when you're looking at a storyboard. Yeah, There's different yeah. Interpretations. And, I, and I think it it depends on who you're working with and how much you've worked with them yeah. and how you know that they're going to react to what you're saying or doing. There's some people that I work with, well, I'll be able to explain very minimally what I'm trying to do. And then I kind of want them to go do their interpretation of it. And then I can rein them back mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. or angle them slightly different. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they just did their own interpretation mm -hmm. of it. And I'm mm -hmm. like, that's mm -hmm. rad. Let's still do that. Right. Yeah. Um, with other people... I think you have to be a little more clear about exactly what you want and um, make sure that they know to first do exactly what you're saying and then try something new if, if they want to bring that to the table. Yeah, so yeah. we just talked about this today. That's, that's good. Do you think that has more to do with the with the person or the or the role? Mm, Maybe that's not a fair question. But I, I really think it can be both. Okay. I think yeah. there there are definitely some roles where you really need to do exactly what you're being told. And then if you have some ideas, come, sure. come to the table with them. Um, like like an, an editor, excuse me, <clears throat> like an editor. Uh, I think that's one where if an editor just kind of starts meandering in a different direction, it can come off as a pretty huge surprise to a director or whoever. Right, yeah. Where if an editor is kind of first crafted hey, here's, here's exactly what you said, and then here's another version, or here's something else, so then that's... That, so I think editing is, is a pretty easy one with that. We're grinning because Gina literally said the same thing about design. Oh, well, yeah. great. It's great. Yeah. It's, I think it's a it's really... Just a rule of, it's just a rule of the creative process. Yeah, when you're collaborating, really. Yes. Like, if you're doing your but own thing, then sure, of course, you don't have to, like, yeah. stick to your first vision and then try something else. Like but you can do whatever you want. This is what I think is cool about a podcast like this is that did anyone ever tell you that in film school? Cause nobody told me that in film no, school. No, definitely Like not. it was all just this like, sort of like, I'm not, I'm not hating on film school. I actually want to go back and talk about film school. Cause I think you have a lot of good perspective on it, but that idea that that's just pretty practical, right? Mm -hmm. It's just saying, how do you respect your collaborators or how do you respect the person that has cast a vision how do you respect a client that has to serve an audience? You know, like, how do you um, do something that keeps everyone on your team, but then also bring something to the table that can improve a project? Mm -hmm. And that's just not discussed. And, like, there's strategy to that. I think, like, that's one thing about the film process in general is, like, I thought of it as a creative process, and it is. But it's a diplomatic process. Yeah, and I like that you're using the word respect because I think that, to me, has a lot of what it means. You you have to respect whatever work you're doing for whoever you're doing it first and then bring what you what you have to the table. Because, like, for me, I have to respect what the client wants and right. what the client needs or whatever, or the agency or whoever. I have or to the audience, or if the, it's a yeah, music video yeah, or exactly. whatever. Exactly, the audience, what they want. I have to respect that and then try to bring, bring my own interpretation to it. Because if you don't respect it first, then you're going you're gonna to make something totally different that ends up not being what they really wanted anyway. But I think when that isn't defined, you go in, I think... Correct me if I'm wrong. This is just my perspective on it. But you go into this when you're really green and you go, I have a creative vision. 
right? Mm -hmm. And so you feel like everything has to level up to that creative vision and you don't realize how, um, how much of an uh, obstruction that can be actually from getting to something. You think like that's how art's made, but that's not how art's made. That's how some art is made, but mm -hmm. not a lot, mm -hmm. right? It's, mm -hmm. it's really a process. Um, and I think even when you take out like the commercial side of it or, you know, whatever, it's the same process. Mm -hmm. It's still audience oriented. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, I've definitely learned that a couple of times by not operating that way. It's going like at the end of the day, like, mm -hmm. so I got what was in my head. Who cares if it's sitting on a shelf? Like who actually cares? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, like, you can you can think your vision for it is is better than the original all you want, but you still have to make that original and prove why your why your vision's better right. or mm -hmm. your ideas are better. You can't mm -hmm. just say this is better. Why? Trust me. Right. And maybe you get to a point where you can, mm -hmm. where you know someone's collaborating with you or whatever, and they're like, if you are at a point where you're that respected, perhaps maybe yeah. maybe perhaps, but even then, it takes a lot of balls, I think, to do that mm -hmm. because, you know, you're not always the smartest person in the room or you might not always have the clearest vision. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and that's yeah. a challenge. It's a, it is definitely a challenge. So in the vein of that, I'm kind of curious um, because I know we, we could kind of go even further and I think you could do a follow-up later about asking about film school because I think there's stuff. Yeah, there I'll that will make a mental note of that. I think that if I, I'm trying to think if I'm listening to this, right, and I'm, you know, 19 and trying to sort it out, like, there's a kid in here. You've probably already turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't sound fun. No, no, no. But like, I'm curious about like, because what you're also getting at is a little bit of the creative process. And for you, I think you have your own unique way of going about it. Like, um, Eric goes underwater so that he can hear his thoughts or see this them. This is one thing I do. Like, I'm going to get labeled for that uh, now. Like, I, <laughs> you also don't like, you don't like being like pinned down at all. So like, you're like, I said this one thing. Yeah. I do a lot of other things too. So like the, the, <laughs> the, the amount of people, but the amount of people that text me last week and were like, dude, have you done sensory deprivation? <laughs> yes, I, I know it's a thing, and I, I should do that but, every day. Yes. But, like, there's a, an element, like, everybody's different in this realm, and you were kind of getting at, like, you get a little bit of, uh, you find clarity in the chaos. You want to get everybody on the same page about going towards the same vision. Um, but how do you arrive at that process creatively? Like, because that's still, you have to get there yeah, somehow. You have, to, you have to actually get the vision in the first yeah, place. Yeah, you have to be there before you can lead anything. Right. Yeah, right. absolutely. Um how does that work for you? Boy, it feels different every time, really. Um, I think there are times where I really relish a group setting of a lot of writers and a lot of ideas. Um, there are other times where I really like just being alone and okay. just I, I do enjoy quiet. Um, I'm someone who's not afraid to sit with their thoughts and okay. just think, stare at a wall and think. Um, I, I'm not that I'm like having lightning bolts happen in those moments, but just kind of the, the process there and um, almost in a journaling sense can a lot of times you can process a lot of stuff that feels ancillary, but you kind of arrive where, where you want to be at the end. That, I think that's really important though, because I, I would even argue that the, merit of what you're talking about continues to level up the more that we live in digital spaces that are just talking to us all the time, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. it's actually really difficult to create the space to do what you're saying. It sounds yeah. good. And then like to actually do it is hard. Yeah. Yeah. How do you create that space? Um, I, I think I've never really been a huge slave to my phone. I know that's a big thing in this day and age that like, you're, you're attached to your phone and that's the big distractor. It's like someone sitting right next to you just yelling at you all the time. And so mm -hmm. you're just always paying attention to it. And I think just setting it aside and and just leaving it alone just gives you that. Mm -hmm. I also live... Do you, do you do that like in your house? Like will you just set it somewhere and then walk away from it? Is that what oh, you're saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Or I, you, I love that that's novel, but like it yeah. is kind of yeah. novel. You know? <laughs> or like I... I have two couches in my living room. So you take your phone and you throw it on the other couch and you just sit on the other couch. And mm -hmm. then it's, mm -hmm. it's, 
I don't just, do that. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like, I just I love it, that though. It just kind of you remove it from the equation um, right. and put your laptop on do not disturb or or whatever and kind of just go for it and it doesn't always work it's not a there's no formula for for the creative process there's no this is going to get you an idea and that's why it's ever changing i mean i've had some of ideas that i've ended up fleshing out in entire briefs when i was sitting in a movie theater and i was watching a movie and then all of a sudden something triggered and i left the movie theater and wrote down a few like jots real quick and then went back in the movie theater finished the movie went home and fleshed it out like it's just weird times that's what movie was it i really want to know honestly i don't remember <laughs> it. that's how great the movie was the Furious Six. <laughs> probably something really pointless uh it pointless. I, I don't even know feats of feats of cgi there but really they are listen let's not get on that path <laughs> no, where everyone starts hating on incredible yeah. filmmakers that can do things oh, that you couldn't yeah, even yeah, dream yeah. of doing yeah, yeah. in a million years because they're so intelligent just because you don't like the story, <laughs> right? Like Listen. when people shit on Transformers, it actually kind of pisses me off. And I don't, you don't like, like Transformers. I don't even like Transformers, but like don't shit on Michael Bay, one of the most intelligent filmmakers alive. <laughs> like just the, the arithmetic that he's doing to like create those scenes. That's a that's a rabbit trail, but like I do want to know what movie you were watching. I I feel like it was like Mission Impossible or something. Oh, like it, it was definitely nice. like an action film that I was. We could like check out and still be a part of the storyline. Yeah, like exactly. 10 minutes later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it was something that I was just. It was, you know, take a break, escapism. Right. Is yeah. kind of what it was. Yeah. So your creative process sounds like a couple of things. It's a little discordant, but mostly it's about getting quiet. Uh, it's about like letting things, the thoughts actually come to you. So like you, you actually, when you talk about the journaling process, so maybe you're like actually journaling, are you actually writing things down? Are you actually like actually just waiting for the things to come out of you? Um, I think both sometimes. I think sometimes I'll do more of the journal thing. And usually it'll start with, I have an initial idea that usually isn't very good, but it's initial just like, here's this commercial needs to be this thing. And here's an idea of how I could do that. And then you just kind of get into a flow state. Um, shout out to the app flow state. Uh, yeah. um, that one of our friends, scale slain made that is if a great you, tool for yeah. this because that, you can dive true. in and just start flowing and, Sometimes you flow for a while and nothing really comes of it, but other times you'll land on some really great stuff that you can then flesh out into other things. Mm-hmm. And and if you're I, a creator, that's I think that's a good no, recommendation. Like try yeah, it. Flow state yeah. is is not expensive and it's not gonna hurt you at all. It's only yeah. gonna help. It's very yeah, good for you. Yeah, and it's it and it nice forces tool. you to do the work too, because a lot of a lot of people think that the creative process is just something, oh, a good idea just happens. Right. All all these ideas suck when they first show up. So you kind of have to work them and work them and work yeah. them to make them good. And I'm a firm believer that individually you can only work them so far by yourself until you need that collaboration. You need other people to give that input and then you can turn a good and idea into something great. that's not to say that like, some things aren't doomed. Like Some things are. Some things are just... It's built on a bad foundation and you can yeah. polish it and you, you'll polish it so yeah. much it won't exist anymore. Yeah. But so many things began as pretty bad ideas. And even through the process, like you mm-hmm. look at like classic films, like have you ever heard the story, like the airplane story? You know, the movie Airplane, like oh, yeah. invented a genre, right? Right, right, right. right. Um, hopefully those people listening know what I'm talking about. And if they don't like go back, it's a good, it's a good film movie. history. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like basically invented the like in your face, like self-aware very uh, Leslie Nielsen, Naked Gun, mm-hmm. you know, sort of comedy, mm-hmm. scary movie, that whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. But that movie, to begin with, it it sucked. They put the whole thing together. I mean, this is this is one of the, like, most heralded classic comedy films of all time. And they did audience testing, and it blew. Mm-hmm. And they just restructured and reconfigured and repaced it and, like, accepted the fact that that it isn't done the mm-hmm. first time someone sees it. And I think like that's mm-hmm. that's a little nugget right there. I think that another thing, like no one told me that in film school, right? It's yeah. just like, you're like, yeah. yeah, work on your script and like hone it in. It's just like, 
Yeah, and then keep doing that yeah. forever yeah. until someone makes you stop. <laughs> keep doing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How perfect can you make the thing? I yeah. And I, I think too, before you before you collaborate, you need to get get that idea into a place that you feel like it's a pretty complete idea. You yes. feel yes. like yes. this idea yes. is solid, but because then you know what to fight for. Yeah, you know what to fight for, but you also need to then offer it forward as a complete vision. Because even when you're collaborating with people, you need to sell all of your collaborators on your idea because they're not in your head. So that's even that's like the first step of directing or writing is to step in a room with other writers and sell it to them so that way they can offer good help. Because if you can't sell your own idea to them, then they're going to start taking it and just going in any old direction they it's want. so true. Like the, yeah. You're actually being a storyteller in the very active collaboration yeah. so like you actually when you're doing that you have to tell the story of how you even arrived at the idea then you have to convince them that that story is true yeah and like you could tell pretty quickly if like even if you're talking it out loud and someone goes just doesn't understand you're like mm -hmm. mm, this idea isn't working yeah. like it, or it you need to tell that story differently yeah right, right. right. yeah yeah and i think that is a good point though i don't think that that's talked about enough in that you know we talk about collaboration as this really beneficial tool. And I've heard arguments on both sides where people are like, I, I hate collaboration. <laughs> and I actually know what they mean. Like, mm -hmm. it's not like, cause I do resonate with that to some degree is like, I love collaboration, but I've seen and been in scenarios where collaboration is toxic. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Because oh, yeah. someone has to lead with a vision. Yeah. You can only collaborate if someone has strong ownership over an idea. And that person has to be a, a benevolent dictator, yeah. right? It's just uh -huh. like, this is my thing and I believe in it so it much. Is, yeah. And I also trust all the people around me. So I have to see where I'm going, mm -hmm. but at the same time, be willing to like whittle on this thing. But I'm the judge. Like I'm the one that has to make those judgment calls of where it's going to hurt the project and where it's going to help. And that takes a lot of work to yeah. sort of welcome people into that process and let them like, kind of get their hands on the thing that like is important to you, yeah. but also maintain a vision. Yeah. It's, it's equal grasps on humility and confidence. Ooh, when I like you're, that. When you're, when you're yeah. going through the process, you, you have to, have to, have to be confident in what you're presenting, what you're writing, what you're direct, anything. You have to be confident, in it, but you have to be humble enough to trust other people and their ideas around it. Yes. But the confidence comes in where you, you you have to be the filter for the notes and the collaboration. If oh, yeah. you can't be that, then you're probably one of those people that thinks collaboration is the worst because all <laughs> it does is tear you down. An example of this would be I was editing a project years ago and I had an editor come in and watch it um, and they they put a big hole in what I was doing. Yeah. And they it's not that their note was wrong. Their note was right. But it didn't line up with what I was trying, the story I was trying to tell. Mm -hmm. And I was in a place where I wasn't confident enough in it. And so I reconstrued the whole edit around this note that really, again, was a good note. It wasn't wrong. It just didn't line up with what I had already shot and the story I was trying to tell yeah. and ended up ruining the whole edit. Did it, Was it me? Did I, did no, I do that? No, it was not. <laughs> it was, I, was like, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, is he like just like <laughs> subtly going yeah. editor? No, no, was, whose uh, name's rhymes not. with Rejay. <laughs> uh, it was not you. It was, it was an, no, it's it was, cool. It was a yeah. great editor. Like, and someone you respect. And, yeah, you I, res and I respect them. And I was, I was at a point where I wasn't confident enough in myself that I, that I could take that note and be like, okay, I hear what you're saying and you're not wrong. You're right. But that doesn't quite jive with the overall picture here. I'm going to keep pushing this forward. And I ended up making a worse product for it and then doing, having to do way more work because mm -hmm. of it to then self-correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and I think I've seen that with a lot of other writers and directors around here that they, they take notes as gospel. Right. And that is not and that's not a healthy way of seeing notes. Right. Notes are there to help, but you have to be confident in your own idea first. This is a good reason, I think, actually, to talk about um what creative is built on. And I know that like from a director's standpoint, you're oftentimes reacting to strategy, mm -hmm. right? And strategy, but but 
more and more you're involved in strategy. And I, I've seen that be beneficial to you, I feel like, in the things that you're creating because that's the other way to measure the validity of feedback, right? Mm-hmm. Is if you don't have a target, and I think early on, we would create projects completely reactively. Someone would come say, like, we want to do this, and we just go do it. Right. And then you find yourself in a situation where everybody has notes. Are they relevant? Are they not relevant? You don't know because you didn't create a target that you're shooting at. It doesn't mean your thing doesn't work. It means that there's no way to align that, right? Mm-hmm. So the importance, I think when people think about the creative process, right, from a process standpoint, we always sort of start thinking in terms of creative, right? And that's a big part of it. But the reality is, is the best creative that we've done together, mm-hmm. I feel like has always had a very firm foundation, right? That it's not the sexy thing. It's not the thing people see, but it's the time you take to go in and say, okay, let's design a target that we're shooting at. And that could be exhibition format, Who's the audience? How long is this going to play for? You know, is it a captive audience? Are they stuck in a theater? Has someone got to click on this online and we got to win them in 10 seconds? Like, you've got to define all of those things before you can even begin to be creative. Because if you're creative without that, what are you shooting at? What are you aiming for? Mm-hmm. And as soon as those notes come in, it's very hard to disseminate whether or not they're yeah. relevant. And I'd say that's very, very very relevant in the commercial realm, especially when you're servicing a client. It's very, and like, I think it applies in, uh, outside of that as well. When you like, when you, for yourself, when like, well, why am I even making this thing? It's good to know that what you're aiming for. But I think Um, it also in terms of entertainment, I think that I would argue like I've learned a lot the hard way, you know, through some of the films that we've produced to go, you know what? Like I said, I had the audience in mind and I did, like I could empathize with the audience, but there's a difference between like, I understand them and I empathize with them and like putting your pride on the shelf Mm -hmm. and saying like, if I was them, what's going to make me get in my car and drive to a theater Mm -hmm. or turn on my TV and actually search for this thing Mm -hmm. and go find it and push play instead of just clicking on whatever's right in front of me it's a different thing. And that target is something that is essential in the entertainment realm. And I would say like, even, you know, th- some of the music videos you've done would, I would say that that probably is relevant there. Even. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to right from the get go, draw a line of who you're making this for. And are you making it for yourself or are you making it for an audience? Right. And there's nothing wrong, I, I don't think. I don't think there's anything wrong with making something for yourself. And then having Good, a lot yeah. of other people be like, wow, I can relate to that. Yeah. An Good. example, the director here, Dan, made that short film still. He made that for himself. He didn't yeah. make that to have a bunch of, have Nicki Minaj look at it. Yeah. Who ended up, spoiler alert, did. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, he, but if but you so, saw Dan right now, he would be the least Nicki Minaj thing relevant Nicki Minaj comparison ever. Um, but the, I, I think that's a good example of that. That short film blew up in a way that none of us really could have predicted because so he made it for himself in a situation that he felt personally about. And a lot of people gravitated towards it. And that was his target. And that, that was, was his yeah. target. And, that I, and I think fun. that's a really healthy way to work, too, of being like, yes. this is my thing. And, and that's another filter for those notes. Yeah. Do these notes help me tell the, the, my story that I'm trying to sell, trying to sell or trying to tell? Um, or are they now trying to tell a different story mm-hmm. that, yes. that this person giving the notes was trying to? Right. Are they actually giving notes that are for the project or is it about themselves? And yeah. that's a crazy thing too, is that never ends. Like it always amazes me how I can walk out of a theater and have a visceral reaction to a film. Mm-hmm. And, um, and let's say like you're with friends and everybody has a positive reaction. And then you start talking about it and you're like, you got that out of that? Like <laughs> not at all. Cause you're, yeah. A good film allows you to project your own experience onto oh, yeah. it, right? It, you're projecting your own emotions onto oh, it. Yeah. A good story, I would say, not even a film, right? It, this could be a I'd commercial or anything. Any kind of content. Yeah. If you can't imagine yourself in it, that isn't for you. And that's not necessarily yeah. bad. That's social. But it's, but it's part of the process. Campaign, but like you, That's when when a client or anybody, and we've, we've dealt with this when we've been collaborating on things as producer-director, well, we just got to make something and it's for everybody. 
And you're like, well, then it's for nobody. It's for nobody. Like, dude, if it's for everybody, it's for nobody. That's the quote for the wall. Oh, the globe? Really? This thing's for the globe? No. Like, a grandmother in China loves the same thing as my eight-year-old son. It's one of the most exhausting ways to work. But you got to do what you got to do. It's true. That's true. So I'd like to, we're going to move on a little bit. Um, I want to know about your inspiration. So we were asking people in the previous two podcasts, because we've been doing this so long, um, who their heroes heroes are. But we realized that we were trying to actually ask what it inspires them to keep going, because it's cre- the process um, and how you've arrived here and the work that goes into this can be exhausting. So like what actually keeps like the sparks and the motivation to keep going. So like, oh, it could be people. It could, it could be, be people. Things. But it like, could be I have a feeling I know art. yours from like where you tend to like go on vacation and like oh. get away from things and that kind of stuff. But I'm curious. So not furries. N- yeah, not furries. <laughs> uh, but like, I'm wondering if it's I guessed wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I am curious, like what it, what's the motivation to keep going? Because there are I, we've also had this moment in projects we've worked together where like we're just banging our heads against the wall and we're like what are we doing and why are we doing this but also still like there's always the next moment of like there is a good reason why we're doing this we want to be good communicators like how do you keep going what yeah That's what, a really is long a th- question. what fuels you is another way to yeah. say it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah shut up guys there, <laughs> there are a lot of things i feel like um so i'm trying to distill down to what some big ones would be i think what you were alluding to and it is a big one um is nature yeah um, I love getting out in nature, getting away from people, getting camping. I'm really into what's called overlanding lately, which I don't even know what that is. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Uh, it's a, <laughs> That's why it's what I'm, truck. yeah, it's what I'm doing with my truck slowly, but surely. And it's, you, you build a vehicle that you can drive daily, uh-huh. but you can also go anywhere with, Ah, got and it. then you, it allows you to go camp, go see, go do whatever in places that no one else can go to because not don't everyone have a vehicle has to you. something yeah, that okay, can get that you sense. there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, you gotta go to Banff. Oh, I'd love to go to Banff. Yeah, that's you that's are. pretty high on the list <laughs> at this point. Um, last summer was Washington State. Was there for a while. Incredible stuff. Anyways, nature definitely um, something that mm-hmm. is a great. Honestly, I would define that more as a release, though, than an inspiration. Okay. I don't walk into the woods and be like, oh, I have my idea. I, I see that more as time to get away and, and not really think about Like negative films. space almost. Yeah, and, and to, to balance work life. Okay. Yeah. Um, honestly, something that really drives me is the idea of change and doing different things consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel the most unmotivated when I'm doing the same thing over and over again, I found. Even yep. even if it's directing. Yeah, like that's I, a challenge of directing, isn't it? Yeah, if I'm directing over and over again, everyone likes to say, like, oh, the thing I love about directing is a different job every time. It, yes, yes, it is. But at the end of the day, like, directing kind of, a lot of times, especially when you're doing commercial directing, feels very similar. Right. The process, mm-hmm. you're doing this, the notes. Process the, feels the, similar. The yeah. meetings, the whatever. Yeah. And, and I've found... The times when I feel the most satisfied are when I just pivot into something else and I'm designing this, even designing a treatment or um, last year I'm on a website um, that like a community of we're all into the same thing and they oh, need it. Is oh, it is furries. You walked right into that one, bro. All right, I'll explain it. <laughs> Should have seen that coming. So, it's, uh, it's football, the New England Patriots. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> which we don't need to go into that. No, we're not. I mean, we can no, go into football. No, 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 we're not. It's just, no, we're not. This podcast will back in. If you and I go there. But they needed some design help just to design um, kind of the header for the forum, and I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll, I'll design this cool. the, the page." And so I, I didn't know it. This. And that that was like one of the most fun things I did at the end of last year was just designing that thing, mm-hmm. because I at the end of the day, I honestly don't know if I call myself a director. I do. I am a director, but I this at the risk of sounding pretentious, I'm a creator. I just yeah, like yeah. creating things, and if it's design, if it's writing, if it's painting if it's drawing i've been drawing a lot more lately it's just 
I love creating things, whether film or otherwise. So being able to shift into other things, I feel like gives me a lot of motivation of like, oh yeah, this is a new thing. I want to do this. All right. Or maybe there has been a time where I haven't directed for a while and all of a sudden I can direct again. And great. Now directing feels fresh again. It feels like something I want to do. Everyone benefits from that. Like if you are, whether you're in service of an audience or a client or even yourself, right? Mm-hmm. The project benefits from that sort of an idea. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think I think that's like it's weird because that has been the process of artists for all time, but I feel like our industry even now is like really catching up to that idea. Yeah, of like yeah. not being so monolithic with how we label people. Yeah, you know? I think that really is the way the industry's moving right now. Um it is just People who just want to do more and experience more thing and relish the change don't just get siloed in this one laser beam of uh, of of a job and and seeing that as a positive, not apathy. Yeah, because right. for so long, I I personally was so afraid of the phrase "jack of all trades, master of none," because I I knew I liked doing a lot of different things, but I never wanted to be viewed as yeah, I know he's he's good at a lot of things, not great at anything really. Um, and that's just... Hi, I'm Eric. That, <laughs> 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 you, I love I'm just like, is he talking about Eric? <laughs> no, just kidding. I'm totally kidding. But that was kind of an insecurity I had in myself of just not wanting to be viewed that way. And then as I got older, it was sort of like, you know, who cares? Yeah. Like, why does it matter? Why does it matter what, A, other people think to begin with, you know, yeah. the classic. But also, if... If that's what gives you satisfaction, being able to do a lot of different things, doing different roles, even inside of a production, you know, all the different roles that exist in the film world, Mm -hmm. then do it. If if you just want to create, just do it. There are ways to do that successfully. I think you have to be self-aware enough to not just like know yourself, because I think a lot of people are like, well, I've had plenty of people like intern or regardless come in and be like, I'm going to be a director. And they can't literally cannot speak out loud. And I'm like, how are you going to be a director? And, and like, not to say that, like, if you, you have to communicate on some level. Not maybe to say that, you couldn't be, right? Like, right. Warren Buffett didn't used to be able to speak out loud and, like, right. you know. But, like, you, there are things pretty well. that will make you move forward in a lot easier in certain industries. Um, and I'm not saying you have to be gregarious and outgoing and all that kind of thing. I think you can be an introvert and a director. That's not what I'm saying. But like you have to be self-aware enough to like know what you're good at to start and yeah. then be, kind of move forward with that. And even maybe not even as much of knowing what you're good at, but knowing what what gives you satisfaction Absolutely. when you do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Because there yeah. are definitely things that I'm maybe quote unquote good at, but they really don't give me that much satisfaction when I'm doing them. Right. And then there's maybe things that like I'm not that good at, like cooking, say. I'm not the best cook, but it is pretty fun to like make something again, mm-hmm. right. to create mm-hmm. something. Right. And that, so you just, you kind of have to balance it all, realize what you enjoy doing and, and how that then balances against what you're actually good at and, right. and all of that. But cool. Um, I'm going to ask you the next question because it's kind of in line with it when it comes to making things. Do you Is have he any a good moderator? Oh, uh, no, seriously though, he's <laughs> yeah. good at it. Like <laughs> we would just be down a freaking rabbit hole of nonsense if right. it was just, just me right talking now. About football. We would be talking about, about Brady on the lips, dude. <laughs> Brady, Tom Brady, furries. Oh god. <laughs> No one would be listening anymore. <laughs> I am curious if you have anything in the making space, since you love making things, that is a passion project of yours right now. Do you have anything that's like on fully on the side? I know you currently you've got a lot on your plate directorial directorial wise. Yeah. And do you I'm have anything that's an Instagram like, video just while you're t- doing that? Um, because Rick over here is cracking me up. Cool. <laughs> do it. Um it's bad posture. So the question is, like do it. I have anything like going it. on that's not? Yeah, that's solely for you. So like, pa- like, like for, for you. That's right. like, it, I mean, it could be for other people. Right. Gorilla has passion projects that right. you know, don't make any money, right. or that kind of thing. But you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> that's sorry. I'm d- being a distraction. It is not going to play well. That's okay. Uh, without a visual. <laughs> no, sorry, listeners. It's, it's okay. Um, All three of you. Yeah. So things I'm doing that I'm not getting paid for. Um, it has. You're right. It's been a very, very busy quarter one um, that I have not been able to focus a lot on the things I want to focus on. That said. 
Two things. One I mentioned earlier is I have been trying to be more intentional about drawing mm-hmm. lately. Um, that's a skill that I used to do a lot when I was younger and kind of fell by the wayside. And I'm just trying to do more of period. Um, there is a, a larger, um, <laughs> idea for a project that I, that I have that I can kind of get into. It, it's all around the idea of just making more things. Um, oh, and yes, not, we talked about this. We yes, did. please tell me about it. Yes. Tell, tell the general audience about yeah. this. Um, <laughs> what I want to do is I want to create, I want to create a space where quality and um, success is not measured on quality. Mm-hmm. Because something I was noticing a lot for me personally is I was feeling a lot of pressure that passion project or commercial or otherwise, I was feeling a lot of pressure that everything I do has to be good, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's sort of a uh, a byproduct of being in a community that has a relatively higher taste level mm-hmm. and a lot of opinions. Honestly, artists have <laughs> yes. a lot well, of like uh, <laughs> a, a lot of artists National that Lampoon's are. Is my favorite. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> that, I think it's natural for a lot of artist types to have a lot of opinions and a Absolutely. lot of like just oh that sucks or that's garbage or whatever. Right. Right. And I just and defended that... Michael Bay, so don't throw me in that. <laughs> yeah, you're not an artist. So. <laughs> <laughs> We've covered this from multiple angles. Thank you. Um, and so that sort of pressure was I just found to be exhausting and I found to be right. very limiting in the sense that it just was meaning that I wasn't making anything because I was the fear of whatever I make not being good enough mm. yep. and being judged by my peers as, well, I mean, that kind of sucks. And I don't know if Jason is actually a good director. I guess he's a hack or something like that. Yeah. Right. It was right. kind of the, yeah. the, Fear's the fear. Huh. Yeah. Fear's and it's a, it's a crippling thing where, Especially in the space where you have to motivate yourself to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's one thing if someone's asking you to do this thing, then you you can, I find I can self-motivate to just do it. And I know it's going to be good because I know I'm going to put the work in and I have to do it because the clients asked me to do it. Yeah. Yeah. When it's just me, I don't have to do this thing. Yeah. So then the fear starts trickling in more. So I want to create a, a, a space, a program, if you will, that has heavy constraints on the process, very limiting, limiting of the process where it's minimal crew. Mm -hmm. Like you have a camera guy, you have a guy with a boom pole. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's like return to film school sort of. Yeah. It's like film school 2.0. Because when you're doing film school, like everything's in front of you and you can just make and like, you don't feel any pressure. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, you have maybe we'll have two weeks to write the script. Here's, here's a log line, write the script. Excuse me. Um, then you shoot for a day. No one gets paid. Then you have an editing process this is of key. two. Yeah, and I think I think it actually is important. It is important it that is, no one gets though. paid. I know because, it actually is because it levels remove hierarchies. Yeah, it levels it. Yeah. And um, and then you have two weeks to edit. And then at the end of that edit, you judge whether it's working or not. Huh. And at that point, you decide, all right, what's what's good about this? What's bad about this? And then you you have a thing that then you can release. And y- just the idea is you have something. You're making something. You're not stopping in the writing stage and being like, is this good enough? I don't yeah. know. I'm going to like tell, the, get notes from this person and this person and this person and all these notes. And you just get lost in the world of, is this even Suddenly worth Suddenly it's toil. It's not fun. It's yeah, toil. Yeah. And just something that can equally teach you and be a learning experience of how to become a better storyteller and how to um, be a better creator and, and also force you just to make things and not get lost in the, is this worth making or not? Cause what there's something that I'm seeing as like in harmony about your story earlier about weddings. Cause like what Mm -hmm. the good thing about you doing so many weddings and like obviously getting sick of weddings is it forced you to learn about key things when it comes to your own process of like, streamlining an edit or like working with people, that kind of thing. What you're trying to get at is I think a little bit more in the creative realm, but it's like flexing that muscle of like making something that I want to make. Like it, like making something that I, I'm, you don't just work out your calves. <laughs> no, but very, very much so like yeah. in that vein, like yeah. it's a lot more of like your heart mind connection of like, 
do but I like the, this? Is this working for me? Am I confident in this? Yes. Yeah. Okay, There's let's something make it about again. it though that's really childlike. Yeah, because you know I mean? it's not even like you're kind of you're not wrong, but you're going down a, a path of um, is is this something that's for me? And I don't even think it's it's that. It's just the act of making. Yes. Where cool, it's cool, it's not. Cool, cool. It's almost like the goal is to make something shitty. I like think that's one of the hardest things about like being in the industry is that you become less reactive to your own thoughts and ideas. You become less, because you start to navigate a little bit more based on like you're qualifying and it's merit-based, you know what I mean? Rather than just going like something just explodes and then you just run after it just cause, right? Exactly. And like a good example would be, I do think it feels like being a kid. Like when you're a kid, like you just make. Like I was watching, I watched um, Indiana Jones, the first one with my, one of my oh, oldest man. sons the other day, Baxter, and the movie got done, and he was re- he's eight, and he was really into the face melting, like <laughs> like unusually like into like he was just like that was awesome, right? And he was just like we should <laughs> make T-shirts of that face melting, <laughs> and I was just like, well, that is an idea I never would have thought of, and it just took us down this path though, where eventually like we had like found an image and then like stenciled it into like line art and then went to citizen shirt. And like, they were like, this is awesome. And all of a sudden, like this eight year old, like, you know, like with a screen printing, making t-shirts. Well, my brain, like I have to fight for that as an adult, right? Like for him, it was just like, well, why the hell wouldn't we? Like that was cool. And I would love to wear it. You know, like that's, I feel like that's how I'm interpreting. Like what you're saying is like being available to react yes. to things. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it you learn so much more by just doing. So yeah. so like when you're a kid, it's almost like that's inherent. You know that you you want this thing, so you're just gonna do it. You don't really care if anyone else is gonna like it or if you're even gonna like it at the end. It's just <laughs> yeah. like that sounds awesome. Let's just do it. How many things did you make as a kid where by the time you got to the end of it, you're like bored it was the doing of it that was fun yeah you watch like if you make a movie together with all your friends you watch and you everyone laughs and then tomorrow everyone forgot you even made a movie because who cares (laughs) you move on to the next thing and that's that's the spirit of it is you made something you can judge what was this good or not because inevitably you're going to get better you're going to start telling better stories you're going to start shooting it better blocking it better, yeah. directing your act- actors better, whatever it means, becoming a better writer even, inevitably that's going to happen just because it you're doing so it. Happy. And and I <laughs> yeah. I really, really love that idea and and creating a different entity that all of that can can go under and no one has to worry about it's quality. Cool. And maybe maybe every, it's fi- a great idea, every fifth one is good. So but, if you guys want to get involved... John Daker at <laughs> yahoo.com. No, 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 no. Send him an email. Hotmail. Hotmail, M A L E dot com. I see what you did. Yeah. I see. You see. Maybe so, we'll need some text on screen. Yeah. Like John Daker at hotmail.com. Hit him up. This is on a podcast now, so it means you have to actually make this now. So you can't just like, talk about it. Oh, you've solidified yeah. it. It's, I, a, yeah. it's out in the world, so it's my, not, you have to form it fully. My, my my goal was to already have started by now, but this this quarter one has been madness. Yeah, you um, have been quite busy. Yeah, so but good for you though. I I really well. wanted I really wanted do that and keep it small and keep it simple. There's so much we could talk about. We probably got to wrap it up. But even that, like when you talk about quarter one being madness, like even just talking about that's part of how like if you think of like what we do like a little bit more as like a game where you're making moves all the time, like. Sometimes you do have to just go like quarter one is madness and I need to do that because that will create the space for these other things or whatever. But very quickly you can like, then it's quarter two and quarter three and quarter four and you've never done what you're talking about, yeah, right? You and like to create that's, You got to fight for that stuff and that is hard to create that balance because also like you could only do these things and then all of a sudden realize like I haven't created a sustainable reality to be in. That's difficult. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's quite tricky. So uh, I think we'll probably end on this question. We normally get to, we didn't get to the advice question, but I am, I am oh, curious I from your perspective um, when it comes to the future. So like the, our, 
industry is currently going through plenty of changes. Uh, and not just film agency, like every agency. I'd say everything from the mom and pop shop all the way up to Ogilvy. I would say everything in terms of everything. Like I heard (laughs) when we like listen to Bo Burnham talk about eighth grade, right? If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. He describes eighth grade as him trying to figure out living in America right now. He's just like, I feel like the entire country is in middle school and we're having some changes happening to us. <laughs> yeah. you know? But from your perspective, I'm really curious about your like hopes, fears, slash excitements about the future. And if you even have any, maybe you're just like, oh, I've been so working so hard. I haven't had any time to reflect on these things. Um, haven't had a lot, but I'll do my best. Um, I feel like we're transitioning into a space of constant transition. I don't, mm. I think things are moving so fast right now that they're not going to slow down. Oh, no. And so so I think that's kind of the reality that's going to take some time to set in, that we're constantly transitioning and, and uh, things are always changing. So that's that's equally exciting and terrifying that what you're doing now might be irrelevant in six months mm-hmm. or, or, yeah. or anything like that um, from a content perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, do, I do really like the moves that we see towards towards stripping away the the gloss from things mm-hmm. and, and realizing that everyone can make something that looks like a Hollywood movie. So all of a sudden that doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah. Yes. And what matters is the story. I think it's bringing, it's, it's bringing storytelling to the front again, because I think there was a, there was a good chunk of time with the DSLRs and then reds getting cheaper and Alexa. And, like, I have a beautiful image. And, and all of a sudden it was yeah. like, well, we can, hose it down because yeah. you know it's gonna look beautiful yes and and i think that was kind of a time we had and now everyone and can also do that. that's all of history that's yeah. like for the eternity of like human existence that's mm-hmm. been the cycle mm-hmm. it's just going at lightning speed now yeah like, yeah. yeah for real you know it's like every 200 years like the format changes yeah. and now we're like every, every six two. months <laughs> um so i think that's exciting that story is coming forward i think uh, again, blessing and a curse with everything. Then, and the downside of that is what scares me is the corporatization of story and mm. um, an an authentic creative process that is telling a good story is. I think the creative process and a business process are at odds, mm. and I think a lot of times when when things start going downhill is because you try to businessify businessify mm-hmm. the creative process of you know goals and metrics and this and that and 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 writing and all of that stuff is so organic that you can't really as soon as you try to start controlling that i think you start making uh Worst content. He it's sounds, the impossible. He like an artist right now. It, it's the, well, that, he, but what, that's the thing. It's like he has effectively described both sides of attention, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because the, the codependence of that is also existed for eternity, right? Mm-hmm. The codependence of commerce and art. That's very good. Yeah, commerce and art, right? Yeah, and they do need to be held independently, but then also, mm-hmm. you know, recognize that like they they can also like be pretty toxic for each other yeah. if it's not a, a very careful balance. Yeah, yeah, and because a lot of the stuff brands are seeing now is, oh, that's so that's so real and so cool, and I love that, and it's getting people excited, so I'm going to make that. What's a formula I can write to make that thing? Authenticity will quickly become inauthentic. Yeah, like if we're writing formulas to make these things, then they're not going to be like that. The thing you're making has to be organically formed for you, not compared to whatever you saw. Yes. Yeah. On that note, do you have any final word of advice you'd like to give to anybody that's like, wants to be a director or went down your... Go to a furry party. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But like some like lasting words for someone that like wants to be like you when they grow up. Um, (laughs) Whoa. Like, can I get notes? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would say... um, do a lot, just keep doing, um, and don't think, don't worry about if this fits in the vein of what that end goal might be. That's just good. do it. Hold, like, just uh, 
Nike, Hold make a note. His <laughs> advice is oh. just do it. We should copyright that. That would be great. <laughs> That's a great phrase. Um, and hold the boom pole. Like, yeah. Do, yeah. A, do a sound mix. Do yeah. VFX. The whole reason I'm at where I'm at is because I wanted to make things that I didn't know how to do. And so I just learned how to do them. And because of that, now I can be a better director because I know all And that should not end, sides. right? Like, I yeah. love that. And like, it should, it should be continue. constant. And that's yeah. kind of been the theme of what I've been talking about is I, I love doing different things. And, and I think that's super important to just to become a better creative is to do and do and try different things. Try this, try that, try yeah. whatever, photography, design, sculpture, what, whatever. And it just do things yeah. and it'll inevitably yes. help your final goal. Yes. Sweet. I will hold a boom pole on your creative experiment. So, Can't wait. Jason, on the film set thing. Not thank the, you. Not that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for being on this, man. Um, uh, like, I appreciate those words. I think people will definitely resonate with that. Um, uh, we generally do a sign off, with, which is like, uh, don't be a dick. And I think you're not oh, a dick. Oh, wow. So. Way to sell it. What? <laughs> There's well, sometimes on. we, uh, every well, you, you, you can say, do it. Like, you can also do it. And so like, then we say it when, do Speaking you want to say not it? Being a dick. Might say it. Yeah. He's, he's failing. <laughs> Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Thank you for listening. And, um, I'm really excited to keep this train rolling. You got any final words that you'd like to do, say? Well, here? I just want to do a sports metaphor. So, uh, really excited to hit this one out of the park the next time. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>